Hi everyone, welcome back to Night's Run Podcast. It's Allie. And today we are here with our Hera episode as we've gone through all the different characters for Rebels. And today I'm joined by four lovely guests to help talk about Hera. So do you all want to go around and introduce yourselves? All right, I'll go ahead and start. Uh, my name is Brandon Boylan from the Clashing Sabres Podcast Network. Hi, I'm Caroline. Yeah, I'm a big Star Wars fan and occasional writer for Slash Film and other outlets. Uh, I'm Kate, uh, huge Star Wars fan, and I don't write for anything, but I am raising a little rebel right now. So. <laughs> and I'm Maria, and I have a blog, and it's betwixtworlds.com, and love writing um, my resistance summaries and a little bit of fanfic. Awesome. Thank you all for joining me. It's really nice because recording alone is super duper awkward. Um, so I really appreciate it. And so to start off with our character episodes, I like having us go around and just do a general kind of like why we like Hera or general thoughts of Hera, why we love her and any possible connections you guys have to her or why she's meaningful to you or anything. So just go in the same order to make it easy. <laughs> all right. Sounds good. Um, for me, it comes down to really the difference between the hero's journey and the heroine's journey. Because the, the hero's journey, if you're looking at it, is about finding out where you fit in the galaxy, while the heroine's journey is more of an internal thing about finding who you are. And of course, we all have, you know, the, the, the uh, masculine and the feminine. But Hera, she knows what she needs to do, and she's just really finding out who she is. And for me personally, at my stage, where I'm at in life, that's something closer to what I'm going through. Um, so I really connected to, to that aspect of her. So about Hera Cinderella, so some of Rebels, it took some time to grow on me a bit, but I'm going to confess that the bit of the gateway into liking Hera was her relationship with Kane and Jairus. It, it's a very popular ship, we all know that. But what was very appealing about Hera Cinderella is her as a voice of reason. She's tough, There's a she's a bit mischievous at times. Remember when she sent Hezra and Deb on that grocery mission that went totally wrong to find a fruit that didn't exist in Lothal? Yeah? Yeah. She is mostly a static character, but well, the latest season saw that, yeah, there was something in her that was growing a bit. And she was growing into a rebellion. Now she has to balance out the personal with this bigger picture. So I think with, with Hera, you know, she's such this powerful, you know, dynamic character, but at the heart of it, she she is the heart of the crew. She is, she's the mom. She's the voice of reason. And seeing her grow from very focused on the rebellion to realizing that there are other things in life besides just a rebellion. But also this idea that family isn't necessarily who you're born with, but the family you make. Um, and seeing her grow from just from her home world and her relationship with her blood family, but then this family she's created around her. And especially like her relationship with Kanan, how you know she had to basically force herself to realize that she does have feelings and it doesn't have to all be towards the rebellion. So, you know, her taking on this role as a mother and just being a heart of a family is you know, really... Awesome. Love that. Yeah. Um, the, I connect with Hera a lot of different ways. Um, I, first, I look to her as a sister. She is a sister to Sabine, and I love their relationship. And it's something that I would strive for with a sister. So I, I love that with her. Of course, I look at her as a mom, being a mom, and how she loves the group and takes care of everyone. And not just them. It's everyone, everyone. And I love that about her. 
um, her momness, like her caring for everyone spreads everywhere. So I, I love those things about her and that's how I connect the most with her. And another way is um, how protective she is of herself too. I see that in myself and that's something I do connect with too. Cool. I'd say for me, obviously what everyone said, I agree very much so. (laughs) Definitely, I think it's her role as like a space mom and just helping this group of like people who normally wouldn't probably meet, but they become a family and she helps really hold that together. And whether it's in the earlier seasons where they're just doing their random little missions to like later when they're, they become a larger part of everything with becoming a part of the rebellion. She's always like there for each and every one of them and like testing their strengths, but also like acknowledging their weaknesses. And I think it's just really powerful to see her journey. And like one of you said, she comes to a point where she like realizes it's not just about the rebellion, but it's like also about her family and just the fact to see her growth through all of that, through both her development with the rebellion and with Kanan and with her family. It's just, it it was so much fun to watch. She's very amazing. (laughs) Yeah. Well, It's kind of like, you know, it's Leia on a smaller scale. Like if you look at a lot of the, the media that we get, everybody's trying to protect Leia because of how important she is to the rebellion. She's kind of the fabric of the rebellion as Hera is the fabric of uh, the, the ghost crew and Leia through the original trilogy and on even into the sequels is kind of finding that life balance, which Hera is also trying to find. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. So connecting off of that. So Hera has both a role as a mom and as a leader of the rebellion. Do you guys have any thoughts about her role as a leader in the rebellion versus her role with her family and how throughout the show she has to like find that balance between the two especially when i like i said she has to come to acknowledge those weaknesses and acknowledge when she's pushing them too much and there's also like the tie-in with trust and how she's trying to continue the fight with the rebellion while protecting her family with not telling them too much while also giving them enough information for them to trust her. So just any thoughts about her leadership role and her connections to her family through that? Well, anyway, so, yeah, remember the first time it ever got very, that conflict ever get pronounced was when Sabine pretty much probed her for questions about the identity of Fulcrum, and she questions Hera's secrecy, and that's only a reasonable thing to do because Sabine knows what it is when... Secrets might cause harm. So that episode was about them trying to at least compromise on that. That, yeah, Hera has to keep some secrets, but that they might work out later. But she also trusts Sabine completely. She trusts in this family. And as Hera gets more into the rebellion, we see it in the mystery of Chopper's base where... She goes through this very silent emotional turmoil, completely over the idea of losing Kanan and Ezra. And it's an episode where she's now settling into this big picture, this episode where Kanan has now said that I finally see the need for this bigger rebellion. And now she is getting sad because she realized her family might shrink. And to the point where she's even conditioning herself for their departure, like when she separates from Kanan and Ezra in the cave scene and says, you gotta get used to not having them around. She is just trying to mentally prepare herself for losing them constantly. 
Well, I want to go back to that first episode you were talking about when her and Sabine were kind of clashing heads because that episode is what really drew me to Hera more than anything because when Rebels came out, that was also my first year being a teacher and I had no experience at all. Like literally I taught at a preschool for a month and then I had my own fourth grade classroom and it was terrifying. Uh, And to see Hera, I mean, mess up pretty bad in not trusting Sabine and then being able to turn it around. And then, you know, as she grew going through the seasons, I was also growing. And then to see her progress to this point where she's trusting Ezra without even needing to have any idea, any inkling of what his plan is. And yeah, she tries to to stop him from leaving and things like that. But you can also tell that like she is doing that out of love and not out of like not trusting him. But seeing her kind of fall on her face pretty early um, as a leader and then be able to get back up and be able to still be somebody that inspires the ghost crew and that they can rally behind was really inspiring to me. I think with uh, with anybody Hera meets, she can see the potential in them. And she has high expectations for them. So when, you know, when they do fail, like when Ezra fails some of his missions, you know, her disappointment is very profound. But then her forgiveness is also very powerful, too, because she knows that failing does add to your potential in the end and that you learn from that. Um, so she's very nurturing in that regard as a, as a leader. Yeah, I, I like that um, you guys were both talking about the episode Out of Darkness. That was season one, episode seven. And that episode... I loved seeing how Hera, that was where she really had to balance her mission life and kind of a friendship, a sisterhood with Sabine. And she said something in it that I really felt was really powerful. She said that what you need is faith in a larger plan to Sabine. And just her like understanding Sabine's needs and working with it. And in the end of the episode, she goes up to Sabine and instead of saying, I'm sorry, you can't be a part of the fulcrum understanding of what is going on. You can't meet fulcrum. You can't um, be a part of this secrecy. Instead of saying that to Sabine and leaving their relationship there, she says that she trusts her with her life and she asks her for her trust as well. And Sabine walked away feeling validated and loved. And the fact that Hera could balance that and understand that her friends need that and still stay on track with what the entire galaxy needs, that's extremely impressive. And I love that about her. If you think about, like, also on top of that, what Sabine had gone through with her family and in particular her mom. Yep. And you go back and look at that and see like the foundation they were starting with. It's just it's it's mind blowing in the sense of like an adoptive mother, a leader, like every aspect of it. Yeah, that's awesome. That she took the time to to nurture that in Sabine and not just brush it aside. Yes. So we've talked a lot about her kind of thing with Sabine with this, but another one that's noticeable besides Sabine is definitely with Kanan. There's a lot of kind of where Kanan more so has the original kind of idea of how they started with wanting to just to help others in need. And then Hera comes to grow into this larger rebellion and they have their little argument and like the ship and I think it's the first episode of season two. And Kanan's like, now we're getting drawn into some kind of military thing. And then later in the show, Kanan says like, 
I see now like what your larger vision is with the rebellion. And so there's just a lot of development in crossing paths where Kara and Kanan both have to come to understand each other's sides with that. So do you guys have any thoughts with Kanan and Hera's relationship with this subject? So telling aspects of their relationship and they've been together for years. For those who you probably I'm assuming that many of you are familiar with a new dawn where they first met. Yes. Where mm-hmm. He joins her, and it is an implied incremental build-up to him accepting rebellion. Like, he starts, everything in, starts small, everything starts on the small scale before he starts transitioning to a larger scale. You know, going off of A New Dawn there, I mean, what you have with Kanan in that book is him avoiding the responsibility he's been given because of kind of his birthright, for uh, lack of a better term. You know, he was born to, quote-unquote, be a Jedi. Hera, being born under Champ Syndulla, was born to be this this fighter, uh, this, this military leader. And it's interesting because the way that Hera brings Kanan into the fight is not by getting him to believe in the cause. It's getting him to believe in her. And I think that's really powerful as a leader because, I mean... I know I've been at jobs, I'm sure you guys have been, where like it, it's everything's going great and then the boss switches and all of a sudden you're like, oh my God, I need to find another job like tomorrow. And so to see not just that it, it was like a one-time thing, but that that is something that they had to continue to go through, that it is a, a struggle they both had because they do have such storied histories. You have these two characters who are coming together that have been through a lot in their lives and they're trying to find that common ground where the the desire to help others and the desire to help the galaxy meets. And I think it's funny is that Kanan basically started following her because he thought she was pretty. And <laughs> yeah. look where that led. <laughs> Which is the most Kanan thing ever. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I really like um, Kanan and Hera's relationship in A New Dawn and through Into Rebels. I mean, it's pretty it's seamless and it makes sense and how like it originated between the two of them. It, I think it was a great start to their relationship and you know, the, where things ended later, obviously at the end of rebels, I, I wish they had more of a romantic in between for them, but I mean, it, it worked out the way it worked out, but I love their relationship. I really do. I wish a little bit more for them, though. (laughs) Yeah. Any other thoughts on her role of leadership or in connection to the family aspect? Any other characters Mm. or thoughts on that? Anyone? There there was a a part in Legacy, which was um, in season two, the episode Legacy, where she says to Ezra, and I, I just, I love this when she did this. They, they were looking for his parents in this episode he had a vision and she supported him, even though Kanan was, you know, visions are kind of sketchy. We can't really trust them. She said, you know, tell me more about it. And then she tells him that she's been looking for his parents. And I thought that was extremely touching and amazing that she would help him out and look for his parents. And she told him, you know, we support you. We're your family. And I I think that kind of just expresses who Hera is all wrapped in one sentiment right there. You know, she, she had a mission. She was still working towards all of her goals 
um, to help Lothal and all the, the neighboring planets along with the other members of the ghost crew. But in the meantime, in her spare time, she's, she's out there trying to help Ezra find his family, unbeknownst to him. That's pretty amazing. Well, she never does anything for the, the glory, right? And it, it's kind of the nature of where we got this story, like, in our timeline, you know, that, you know, we already know what happens in the OT, so Hera kind of has to be a background player during that timeline. But she's not at the forefront of everything. She's not doing this for the glory. And it feels at times like Cham is when we meet him. He's doing it so that people will recognize the impact he's made. Even if you look at uh, Lords of the Sith, it's about making a statement for himself. And Hera is always there to kind of be the foundation for everybody else, for the rebellion, for, you know, even looking most recently at Alphabet Squadron. Um, she's like the foundation of what brings that crew together, even though she's not a part of it. And I think that's extremely powerful in, in terms of leadership and the kind of people that we should have leading. So now going off of that, you brought up Cham. So let's go into that. So does anybody have any thoughts on Cham and Hera's relationship? Maria, you're smiling. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Cham. (laughs) There's so many things I would say about Cham. (laughs) Um, They they have a relationship that needs to be worked on. That's for sure. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) But Hera knows it, you know, And, and Cham knows it. So... That, that's kind of the funny thing. They both kind of understand that they have a messed up relationship and they are where they are. <laughs> yeah. They're, they're Did two, anybody else freak people. out when she started using the accent yes! for the first time? <laughs> yeah. I was just like, what is happening right now? It was great. <laughs> it's like when you go home and your accent starts coming out of your parents when you're mm-hmm. yelling at each other or something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Suddenly you're saying y'all at everybody. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> uh. Yeah, anyway, so, yeah, it is a massive relationship, and they know it, especially in Homecoming, where... And it's interesting that this episode also brings out the smaller picture versus the larger picture that Hera complicates constantly. Um, There's her father dealing with um, the scale, the attack on his planet, while he is mad that... Why is she out there fighting other people's battles? Why isn't she doing it for her home? Yeah. And the whole thing, like, and part of it is, yes, um, a bit of trauma because, yes, the, I mean, the, it was the Republic that turned into the Empire. So that's why he's wary about that. And in the end, at least both the small picture and the larger picture wins in some sense. He still gets to make his statement, which is important for Ryloth. And Hera gets to have on an asset for the rebellion as well yeah it's really interesting i'm thinking about it just now of course like star wars is full of daddy issues but if we're (laughs) talking about like daddy daughter issues in particular the ones that jump to the forefront of your mind are like leia and vader which obviously never gets resolved um for me iden versio because that's another really important character and her father and they end not on the the best of ground um but Hera and Cham are, they, they start off in different places, but because they have the same desires at heart, which is to help people, they're able to find a, a common ground where they can at least be at peace with each other and, and get kind of that redemption in their relationship. And I think the fact that we see how difficult that is, whether you're looking at like a character like Leia or Rey or you know, all across this, this, this saga that we have. And here you have Cham and Hera 
doing something that's very rare, I think that's really important. Yeah, because sometimes you can't make amends with people 100%. You know, sometimes you have to, it, it is what it is sometimes. And I like that they left it in an okay place and it, things aren't 100% resolved, but they're going to work together. And that's a good message for people to understand. Sometimes relationships are like that, <laughs> especially in a parent-child uh, relationship too. What can you do about it? But I do wish that they didn't go with the very conventional, oh, the mother's dead for help. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, what a relation with her mom would be like. And here's the thing. Um, we know that she's loved and cherished this Kalakori, but we got to need to get to know the actual relationship. Not just the Kalakori, like, how was it? What did they do? Like, that is so that she went a little fast investing in Hera's own childhood and how she felt about things. So another connection to, like, more of her past and in relation to Cham, another thing we can bring up is Hera is a pilot. She is well known for her flying, obviously, and that's obviously part of the reason why she left her family in the first place is because, like she says, when she's, whatever that episode's called, when she gets the B-Wing, she's like, I saw the ships flying during the Clone Wars, and, like, watching Mm -hmm. that as a little girl, like, inspired me to, like, want to be up there flying with them, so... Obviously, like, from a young age, that's, like, was her goal. And so hearing that in, like, season two, it's cool to see, like, her get promoted at the end of that episode. And then her just to continue to grow and, like, take this ability that as a kid she saw and take that ability and, like, have it become, like, her way of using it to help others, which is what she also wants to do. So it's just really cool to see. So any thoughts on Hera's role as a pilot or flying or any connections I want to know how she got the ghost, but of course that's that's a mystery that probably is better left unsaid. Like we can just accept that she has the ghost, and I have some definitely curiosities with how she left, how she got the ghost. I mean, Filoni told you to use your imagination, whether she wanted in a gamble or something. <laughs> and yeah, her definite role as a pilot, like. She taught Ezra, by the way, too. And one of the interesting things is her speech to Quarry that she felt that she felt like she was totally at her best when she was flying, and then totally even more at her best when she was helping people out. Now here's the thing: I don't know. I I definitely forgot the entire quote, but um, I think that there was a moment that said a lot that. It implied some kind of past selfishness in her that evolved into something selfless and altruistic. That, yeah, she went to experience her own independence first, and then she went to help everybody else gain independence. I think with the Hera's, you know, flying ability, she's so confident in her skills as a, as a pilot that she kind of, you know, can be reckless at times and she'll flirt with. <laughs> total disaster um, and ride that line, but she's so confident that she doesn't conceive of, of the fact that she could fail or miss a turn or, you know, be shot down. So, you know, she's, she's very confident and it, sh- it pays off because yeah, she teaches Ezra and uh, she pulls off moves of the ghost that, you know, no Imperial fighter can really touch her. 
Yep, I like uh, the part in, what was it, season uh, two, episode one? I don't know, uh, what is that episode title? Episode one of season two? Yeah. Uh, Siege of Lothal? Thank you, yep, Siege of Lothal. <laughs> um, where she's chasing and going after Vader, and then he ends up coming after her, and she outsmarts all of the Imperials. She's a pretty amazing pilot. She's She's amazing, and... In that um, other episode of Wings of the Master that both of you uh, had talked about, I love how she talks about the impact of flying on her life and how it's opened her world up to helping others. And she can see the impact of all of those things through her flying. And I think that's, that's something that is really special with her because it's not just flying. It's also helping people and it's tied together for her. If you go and you look like kind of like I mentioned earlier about the heroine's journey, I think that fits in with that because Hera, she knows flying is central to her life, right? And if you look at like as the only guy on this episode, like I I feel like women tend to figure things out a lot sooner than guys do. Um, <laughs> I mean, my, my fiance is like four years younger than me and I feel like she has her life together better than I do uh, as I'm going into my 30s. So women tend to figure out like who they are. I feel like a lot sooner than guys do, um, which can lead to a whole slew of other problems. But because of that, like that's what makes women such great leaders is they already know what they need to be doing. They just need to figure out how they're going to do it. Right. And that's what Hera is doing. She knows she needs to help people with this flying and, and rebels is kind of the story of her figuring out how to do it, which is exactly kind of what the heroine's journey is is all about and it's something that we see Kanan going through in the later seasons but it just tells you how advanced Hera is how mature she is when we start the show yeah definitely women are better than men that's what I'm trying to say <laughs> okay <laughs> <laughs> okay so another couple things I noted in the notes um were both space mom moments and don't mess with Hera because not only is this mom like super mom like but she does like anything like when Chopper got like taken she blew up an entire freaking ship (laughs) 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 like she'll go to the most extreme lengths if her kids get messed with and so it's really cool to see her role so as a space mom and to see the length she'll go to to help her family so any other thoughts on her role as a space mom or how much she helps her family <laughs> yeah so when Ezra went oh she's getting mad you kind of like oh wow how many times has Hera gotten so mad like there's probably a lot of times that was not shown in the series that Hera got like mad I didn't name me mom mad like it's probably not just mission mad, but probably like Ezra. Did you clean the? Did you do the laundry, Ezra? Did you clean the dishes? Yeah, and the best part is when she'll use Zeb's full name. That's the best. <laughs> oh, I love that. Zebrelios. I mean, she kind of. She's the parent we all want, and I feel like the parent we would all want to be, which is in to say that like. Like you guys said, she blew up a whole station just to get her droid back, right? She she does amazing things to fight for the people that, that she loves, which is, is what we look for in our lives. And, I mean, 
I don't have any kids yet, but ladies who who do, I know a couple of you guys are moms on here. I'm sure there's that feeling where you're like you mess with my kid, I will I will do whatever I have to do, right? Like yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And I love that about Hera. I think it's great that she's super protective of everyone in her ghost crew. I love that she tries to help them and, you know, help them see their path in, in each of them. I really think she tries to nurture a better person in them. And I think one thing that I, I really appreciate about her is that she also allows them to say, hey, Hera, maybe you need to do X, Y, or Z too and can kind of take it a little bit. <laughs> That's a good thing. I like those little like domestic moments like when yes. Sabine and Ezra were with uh, Hondo and she's like, let's go pick up the kids. <laughs> you know, just, oh, yeah. <laughs> it's so funny because it's just, it's just so domestic. It's so like every day. And they're going to go pick up the, the, the kids from a pirate. You know, like mm-hmm. that's an everyday thing. <laughs> No big deal. We're just in the middle of a war. Yeah. <laughs> the the kids being able to step up and, and kind of call her on her stuff too, mm-hmm. because one thing that really I noticed about Hera is she always puts her family first, with one exception, and that's when Kanan gets captured, and Fulcrum tells her that they can't yep. go after Kanan, and everybody else is like, "Nah, I'm going after Kanan." <laughs> like, um, and. They basically have to tell her, like, you can either let us walk away or you can come with us, but we're doing this. And this is what you say you stand for, mm-hmm. and this is the, the the time to really prove that the lessons you've tried to teach us are something that you live by also. And it, it, it's great animation because you can see it freeing her to, to really step into herself. Just super powerful. Definitely agree. So as we're talking a lot about Hera's role as a mom i think it's worthwhile to dig into the next segment of this which is for each character episode we do a segment where we discuss the relationships with each character so we basically go through each character and we go around and we just talk about Hera's relationship with that person and any thoughts we have on that relationship or any moments that stand out in particular. So the first one we have is Chopper. And obviously Hera and Chopper have like the longest relationship because she found Chopper when she was young. And like we mentioned with that one episode where she literally blows up the station when um, Chopper gets taken, they obviously have a very close bond. But also she acknowledges that Chopper's mischievous, but I think out of everyone on that ship, she's the most tolerant of it because when (laughs) the kids mess with Chopper, when he's messing with them, she'll usually take Chopper's side. (laughs) But yeah, so anyone else have thoughts about Chopper and Hera? I was kind of wondering... Where was he in a new dawn? I guess he was just chilling out in the yeah. ghost, I guess. <laughs> Waiting for her like the cat waits for his owner to come at home. That's a good point. I've never never thought about that. Well, she was doing very kind of a more a scouting mission, if anything. And Chopper has a tendency to <laughs> go off script. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to say it lightly. Yes. <laughs> I always figured the dirt was an issue for him or something on that. Because it was a mining planet, you know? So I always figured, wasn't there like an issue with the dirt? Wasn't it quite muddy or something like that? I was like, oh, he just stayed inside. <laughs> I don't know. We've seen him kick uh, kick other droids off the ship. He may have a wanted poster on that planet. <laughs> <laughs> 
He can he could easily get into a barroom brawl, just like Kanan did. <laughs> so <laughs> she maybe she left him inside on purpose. <laughs> yeah, maybe the force told her something. You're like, yeah. you don't want Chopper and Kanan in the same room right now. I, I love I love Hera and Chopper's relationship because it's just so raw. <laughs> there, it, it's real and. They express themselves, and Chopper definitely expresses himself in many different ways. I wish they would translate it for us. That's what I want. I want it all translated. I, I just I love how he gives it to everyone, and she's okay with that, and that's cool. She's cool mom. <laughs> they have a level of trust, right, because of how yeah. long they've been together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I think, like, we see a lot of those moments where, like, Chopper does acknowledge that, like, Hera saved him. Like, there's the... I think... Is it Chopper base? I think it's Chopper base? Or something around there. There's the one episode where he's on the... Where, when he finds AP5 on the ship and he talks about, like, Hera and, like, how Hera found him and saved him and, like, that's why he trusts those people and needs to get back to them. And, like, there's other moments where I think both of them acknowledge that history they have and... I like Chopper acknowledges that Hera saved him and then in return because Hera's known Chopper for like the longest there are those like moments where Hera will be there for Chopper when the rest of the crew is annoyed with Chopper but at the same time obviously like she gets annoyed by Chopper sometimes too because he's like the grumpy space cat so (laughs) yeah it's definitely cool to see their relationship any other thoughts on Chopper before we move on? I'd say it, but you had to bleep it out. <laughs> oh. <laughs> okay. All right. Uh. Yeah. It, if you give the translation, it goes to like TV 14. No, I know. I want to see it. <laughs> or hear it. <laughs> I know Gary Witta did say that. He said that they did write the translation for Chopper um, no, in yeah, all the episodes. So yeah. there are actual words to what he says. Yeah. And, and he says fans, there's a lot of curse words. Fans have like made <laughs> Chopper translation videos. Like I've watched a ton of them on YouTube. You just like look up Chopper translation videos and people like like to just write out what they think Chopper's saying. And it'll get <laughs> inappropriate at times, obviously. Oh, I Chopper's, bet. Like, <laughs> That's <laughs> awesome. <laughs> I feel like in a, in a galaxy full of sassy droids, Chopper yes. is probably number one. <laughs> yep. Okay. So next on our list is Zeb. Does anyone else want to start with Zeb? <laughs> Gary Zeb Aurelios. Yes, I, I, I mean, I that's think. it right there, right? Yeah. Like she uses his full name. Yes. If that doesn't show you she's a space mom, I don't know what else does. Yeah. I mean, I think when when we meet Zeb, he's older, right? He's he's had experience. He's almost like the the kid who's gone off to college and is now coming home, um, <laughs> you know, to to help on the farm for for you know somewhere he would stay and he and he he's kind of his own man but also you know mom still rules the roost and he's got to figure out that balance and i mean i i think the thing with zeb the the most powerful thing for me was actually at the end was seeing him get to go back to join his people because i don't think he does that without asking harris permission and, and, you know, and, and to me, like in my head canon, she, you know, encouraged him to go do that, to to realize the life that he had wanted to live for, for so long because 
she understood that it doesn't devalue the the family that they have that he goes back to his you know quote unquote blood and and I think that says a lot about about her and I think it says a lot about how she helped him grow and and he still kind of defers to her as the boss no matter what um he'll, he'll follow her her instructions mostly um, no, mostly. <laughs> mostly i mean most of the time he's led astray it's by ezra yep when they're fighting um, yeah when they're fighting so, but yeah it definitely has moments where he, like they're almost equals and then immediately goes to like he's a kid you know and he's being chastised and he knows it yeah now, he has a lot of respect for Hera, and, and you can see it in, in the episodes. If she says something, he listens to it. He tries to do better. He feels sorry if he does something wrong. And I think that's really sweet because I take him as older, too. And I think that's kind of a sweet relationship that he has that much respect for her, that he's, okay, I'm going to listen to you and be respectful and all those things and follow you along. I, I think it's really sweet. It's a sweet relationship for sure. And I think that her helping him, you know, find other members of, of his kind. I think that that was, you know, very supportive of her again, just like she did with Ezra. She did it with him and she does it with Sabine too. So it, she's supportive to all of them in whatever family relationships they have outside of their ghost crew family. Okay, now going on um, to Sabine, we talked about Sabine and Hera's relationship a bit earlier. As we see, a large part of their relationship we see in Rebels does revolve around that issue of trust and that relationship of how much Sabine can trust Hera and their involvement in the Rebellion and her journey. And I do remember, I was thinking about this, There's when they're all talking about, like, Sabine taking on this responsibility of the Darksaber, Hera does, when they're going around and saying why she should do this, Hera is like, we can use those Mandalorians on our attack on Lothal. Mm -hmm. And then you hear Sabine, she says Hera, and she sounds like hurt. Because there is that, like, background where I think Hera understands, like, what Sabine's been through, but there's that, like, conflict still, where Mm -hmm. Hera still has this, like, vision of the Rebellion at that time, but... I think there's growth that, there because the fact that Sabine later leaves to help her family after Legacy of Mandalore, Hera doesn't immediately like tell Kanan to go bring her back. Like, obviously, we don't see that. Like, we don't know how Hera reacted necessarily to that, but the fact that like she did stay and like, and then she allowed Kanan and Ezra to go to Mandalore to help um, Sabine get her father um, at the beginning of season four i believe yeah um the fact that she lets um kane and ezra do that that shows that growth so there's just a lot of growth between that understanding of her being like a mom and a sister and understanding um sabine's like past and trying to find that balance in their relationship so does anyone else have thoughts (laughs) you know maria i really want to hear your thoughts on this because i know you and i have talked about this on twitter about how the majority of the time when we see two women together, especially oh. over a long term, it's a love triangle. Yes. Or it's some other tropey thing like that, which is just so, so problematic and annoying that it's still happening in 2019. And here you have Sabine and Hera. And Ali, you, you mentioned this, that like 
they don't agree with each other. They have conflicts. They both fail each other at multiple stages throughout their journey in Rebels. And the fact that they still have the love and the trust for each other that Sabine knows, you know, when when Hera needs her, when her family needs her, she's there on Yavin 4 for them. Definitely. I appreciate that we see a different dynamic in a relationship than a love triangle. We see a sisterly relationship where they struggle and they don't see eye to eye all the time. But they get there and they continue to work on their relationship. That's not perfect. And that's okay, again. And I just like Kara's relationship isn't 100% perfect with her dad, though I think Sabine and Hera's relationship is way better <laughs> than Hera and Cham's relationship. It's good for the viewer to see that that two women can be friends, different ages, you know, there, there's an age difference there. I, I consider them sisters and that they continue to work on their relationship, even though there are issues and that they, they do have differences at certain times, but their relationship can stand through all of those trials. And I, I think that's great that, you know, that we can see that in content nowadays, because I'm, I am dead tired of the love triangle and competition between two women for a a man a one male character or whatever that you know it, it's just it's an old trope and we need to let it go <laughs> <laughs> when it could have evolved to that right like n- maybe not exactly a love triangle but there's definitely the Ezra Sabine thing going on at the beginning of the series and you could have had them kind of fighting with each other over like Hera wanting Sabine to stay focused and, and let Ezra grow as a Jedi and Ezra or uh, Sabine wanting to be in a relationship with Ezra. And it would have just like, it would have killed the show in my opinion. And I love what you said about like how they, they help each other grow as sisters. I'm a Sabine's person that hurt a bit, but I'm fine. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm joking. <laughs> yeah. It's fine. Yeah. I, I No, I definitely understand that. Like I definitely see that like that could have become like, problematic but yeah yeah well especially if they had set you know what if they had changed sabine's age to be older that yeah. that would have been i mean that probably would have been a huge part of the plot at that point that could have been why they may have you know put her at a younger age instead and i like that because that sets it you know so that they are sisters and that it's not a romantic issue between other characters and things like that. I think yeah. that's good. It's definitely a women empowering women kind of yes. relationship, which is what you, mm-hmm. you know, want to see in, in Star Wars for sure. Mm-hmm. When it's a benefit of having like women in the room with you. Cause I mean, there were more women working on rebels. Filoni of course always talks about his wife uh, looking at the scripts and calling him on, on stuff like, you know, whatever might cause a problem from a female perspective. And so to have that voice in there is really important. Is she credited at least? She she gets credit when <laughs> Filoni mentions her on the, the podcast stage. She's okay, not like well, formally doing it. Credit, you know. <laughs> Any other thoughts on Hera and Sabine's relationship? Just one one personal connection I wanted to make real quick. I just actually saw my mom uh, last weekend for the first time in 10 years, um, which was pretty awesome. And I didn't talk to her for a long time because we had a very um, toxic relationship, which is 
what made me really connect with the with Hera and Sabine because Hera encourages Sabine to go back and, and make amends with her family in the same way that I was encouraged to make amends with mine. And just like the the fact that in this this story and with these characters, we get these connections to our own life. Um, and, and I think we've brought it up a, a thousand times on this episode already, just how Hera is like an example for who we want to be, not, you know, in, in not just the, the, the leadership aspect, but in so many. So now let's move on to Ezra and Hera's relationship. Does anyone want to start? <laughs> <laughs> well, Ryan wants to start. Yes. <laughs> many thoughts. Many thoughts. He's only seen season four because he was not born. <laughs> I mean, I got it is the four. It's the most important season. Yeah. So raising him right. So about her, yeah, she has a very great relationship with Ezra. She's the one who. Keeps him leveled, like when she reminds Ezra, "Hey, go easy on Deb. You know he's gone through a lot at first, and and of course, yeah, that's her also slash mother sisterhood with Sabine too. And then there's Ezra in the mix. And going back to Hera's relationship or distance from the Force, especially, um, getting Ezra in the mix of a family has certainly been an interesting experience for her. We got her watching over this and partnered with this guy who knows the Force, and now she's taking care of a kid who is figuring out the Force. In some way, she's trying to figure out the Force herself in terms of what it means to be Ezra. Like when, of course, when we have vision, she asks, she lets him process that. And then there's that part in Vision and Voices when Ezra is assaulted by visions of Paul, and she. And she, they're wondering, what's wrong, what's wrong? And she wonders, maybe it's a false vision, as if she's trying, maybe false thing is a false thing that she's trying to understand. And that episode highlighted that sometimes she felt helpless against a lot of false things affecting Ezra as well. Like when, especially when Ezra leaves, and she is deeply affected by it. She, she respects it and trusts in his instincts, while also, yeah, but... Why won't we offer another option for you to stay somehow? And with Ezra especially, like, you know, she knows Ezra has been through a lot, but she also tries to remind him that he's not the only one um, in the family who has been through a lot. But without diminishing, you know, the, the pain he's been through of losing his parents. And, you know, she acts as, as a mom, but she's also not trying to replace the one he's lost either. It kind of... It kind of all comes down to that quote at the beginning of season one, which is when she's talking with Ezra after the rest of the crew uh, is captured. And she says, if all you do is fight for your own life, then your life is worth nothing. Mm -hmm. And really, the rest of the series is her showing him that, uh, you know, in, in many aspects, as was brought up earlier, she tries to search for his family you know, without him knowing so that he can, she can present, you know, whatever happened to him um, in the best way possible. And, and so she's not just showing him how to fight in terms of fighting a war or, you know, the, the grandiose things, but in fighting for the personal aspect, um, almost like fighting for, for hearts and souls. I, I think um, Ezra and Hera's relationship is pretty amazing. I mean, she, 
she was the first one that saw something in Ezra. She pointed it out to Canaan. He didn't want to think that there was something special about a kid that pushed a crate onto a freighter that was hovering, you know, however many feet over the ground, but he did it running. She saw it in him. She knew. And she pushed Canaan and made sure that Ezra got that chance because she's the one that saw it. And I think that she can see the good, the best in people, what you can be, your potential. And she sees it in Ezra, I don't know, probably better than anyone else can and helps guide him through the entire series to to where he is at the end. And I think I'm going to cry because it's, it's such an amazing relationship that at the end when he tells her that he has one last lesson um, and, and in a way she does too. It's just a beautiful ending to where they began their entire story. They, they have a very, very um, close relationship that's very special in Star Wars. And I think that they both see such amazing things in each other and help guide each other through the entire series. Absolutely. Yeah, I definitely agree with all that. It's It was really like, like you said, from that first episode when she's telling Ezra, like, if all you do is fight for your own life, then your own your life is worth nothing. From that very beginning, and, like, her encouraging Kanan to, like, teach Ezra, like, there'll be moments where, like, like towards the beginning when Kanan wasn't teaching Ezra you can see her getting upset with Kanan she's like and Ezra's like oh no Kanan's not teaching me anything and Hera's like we'll see about that like she she likes (laughs) (laughs) like she wants to like help her family and like I like we've said over and over she wants to help her family and so like just like with Ezra she wants to make sure that Ezra because she sees the potential just like she sees the potential in the rest of her family which is why she's constantly encouraging them and trusting them with all of these huge tasks and things they're doing. She believes in their potential and that's why she tries to push that potential and like work with Kanan to work with Ezra. And it's, it's great to see their relationship throughout the show. And like you said, Maria, it is very sad in that last episode. <laughs> um, oh, yeah. That, that um they separate, like it's, it, it's hard. It's, it's like, I think out of all of them, like, she's the most mom with Ezra. Like, out of any of the three, like, three or whoever you want to consider Hera being a mom of, like, Mm -hmm. Ezra, like, from the first episode, you just see that, like, that care that she has for him. And to see him get to grow up throughout the show, it's just so cool to see their relationship and how much she cares and how much she's continuing to, like push him while understanding his pain and like doing stuff like you said with like trying to find his family and she she's doing all of this stuff because she she like she does have that care of him and she wants to do everything she can which is just so great i was just thinking of when they both her and ezra were commiserating and both hurt over gal travis um and his betrayal I, I thought that that was a really special moment that they shared when they're they're sitting down and they're talking about, you know, Ezra is heartbroken because he thought that this was going to be a different situation and he's questioning his hope. And she sits down and expresses 
you know, a similar situation that she's going through and, and that she, she went through the same thing. I think that's amazing to have a relationship with another person that you can sit down and say, I've gone through the exact same thing and, and I'm suffering too. And we're going to get through this together and we're going to hope together. And that that's what a family does. And I mean, Herod did it right there with him to to get through that pain of of the disappointment and and the loss of hope that Ezra was going through. I think that's yeah. amazing. I like that she let Ezra process a vision that mm-hmm. when his prediction turned out wrong, but she's still gentle with him constantly. Like she never rubs it in whatsoever. She knows that yeah, it's just part of his process. We trusted it and we worked with it. We worked with it going wrong. We knew what we were getting into, and he, and we're helping him learn from it. Well, you know, it, it's kind of interesting because, like, depending on what study you look, psychologists have proven that you become, like, the, the five to ten people you spend the most time with. And I think it's interesting because Rebels kind of flips that, and everybody else kind of becomes like Hera. As you get to, from season one to season four, all these other five people uh, become more empathetic. They become uh, more dedicated. They become better leaders. All these things that we've talked about with Hera kind of having from the get-go. All right, time to get into the stuff where we're all going to cry. Okay, so let's talk about <laughs> Hera and Kate. <laughs> um, this is our chance to dig deeper into Canera. We talked a little bit about it in the beginning, but this is the chance to let the tears flow and let's just talk about Canera. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, you remember last time, yeah. <laughs> so who oh, gee, just when you thought you were done talking about them. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I think they were my favorite Star Wars couple quite a bit, and... I you got the feeling before before the fourth season ever came around it seemed to indicate that oh okay, it it gets a bit confusing from here, but we'll get to I'll get to that later. Um I got the feeling that they were flirting and they were in this very comfortable relationship. They were teasing each other. I was under the impression that at least early on that okay, they maybe weren't romantic yet, but they were open to something, at least. Until I I learned about a new dawn, and I saw that there was a there was a much more one-sided attraction on Kanan's part that was explicitly said. And there is that line that says that Hera, she didn't mind him flirting with him, just that oh, for now she's too focused on anything else for romance. But it seems like she's been a she's going a lot more open to it. Turned out they had what was clearly a physical relationship before, and uh, when yeah, when. When we learned that, oh, she had a kid with him. But regardless, it was a very example of, wow, it's a freaking healthy relationship on TV. There's no love triangle, of course. And they are raising a family. You felt like, yes, even though the ending was kind of made it a bit confusing to so just how long term they were, it. At least there was something well established that, yeah, they were both raising this family together. And there was an intimacy, too, throughout all the years. Yeah, I I said this in the Kanan episode. One of the big things was I still remember watching the first episode. And um, 
they have that little first inter from their like first interaction. Hera, let's see a little more altitude, a little less attitude, or whatever. Mm -hmm. That quote, like from their first interaction, I just like it's it's it was great, and I I shipped them like from the beginning. So yeah, it was like crazy to see their chemistry and um, relationship throughout the show and if anyone's interested more on my thoughts um go check out the Keenan episode but I want to give the other three a chance to talk more about it because they weren't on that episode so go ahead I am not a shipper uh I it's just not part of it's just not part of my yeah, yeah, my personal yeah. fandom you know like like there are certain things I'm like, yeah, that would be that would make sense for the story kind of thing but Kanan and Hera I was totally behind and <laughs> I legitimately would have been upset if they didn't like actually follow through with it. Um, I remember when season four was coming out, I was waking up really early to watch them uh, before I went to, to work. And I remember jumping off my couch. My fiance is still asleep, so I couldn't even yell. So I did like, you know, the silent yell you do when you can't really yell um, and danced around my living room because Again, it goes back to that idea that, that's been brought up so, so much that these are real raw characters who we see struggling, who we see falling on their face again and again, whether it's personally or in their relationships. We've seen these two come so close to to being together from from a new dawn. But even more than that, if you think about how their relationship has progressed from a new dawn where, you know, like was mentioned before, Kanan follows Hera around because she's pretty. And then they grow into these these wise leaders and and humans, for lack of a better term. Uh, it, it's just it's really inspiring to see not just how they grow individually, but how they grow together and how they impact each other's growth to get to this level where when we reach season four, Kanan and Hera, like that's goals, like personally and in a relationship, like that's what you want. It, it's really cool to see, and I think it's important for our kids these days to be seeing in this in this internet world where you know relationships are are down to what car you drive and how much money you can put on your Instagram picture. <laughs> to have these characters um, like that, it, it I think it's really important. But there's also a sad aspect to to Kanan and, and Hera's relationship because she always puts the rebellion ahead of her own feelings for the longest time, mm. and then when she finally realizes she can let herself have that they don't have a lot of time, you know, he's taken away from her and they don't get to have that happily ever after that, you know, that at least Kanan was working for it. So, yeah, it's really sad knowing that, you know, they go through all of this and hair like wars with herself internally to get to that point. And when she finally gets there um, too late, What's yeah. like the greatest teacher failure is, right? Like that's like telling us, like if you if you care for somebody, don't don't wait on it. Yeah, act on it. Yeah, mm -hmm. uh, that's why you know I I said before, like I feel like I um I can see myself being um, I am overprotective, <laughs> and um in certain aspects, and I see that in Hera um to a much greater degree than myself, and I I see. The problem, obviously, that occurred in the final episodes where she didn't get her time with Kanan. And it's unfortunate. And it, I wish we had more time with them together in that um, relationship because then we could have seen real relationship goals at that point and things wouldn't be hidden. 
it'd be out in the open. Uh, I I had picked up on their relationship in the first episode when she called him love right away. Yes. She said love. And I was like, I remember when I heard that, I was like, wait, what? (laughs) Wait, love? Uh, Let me rewind this and make sure I heard this right. Um, Because I thought it was the cutest thing ever that, you know, here we have a, a cute little relationship between these two. And it's very taunting and they're silly together and um, and very real with each other. And I appreciate that. The one thing, though, that I really wish we could have seen is them be out in the open with everyone and Hera more with her feelings. That would have been fantastic. But stylistically, narratively, it has a much greater impact for us to for them to get that tiny little bit of, yes, we love each other, and then it's gone. So... I, I, I understand why they did it because it kills me <laughs> as a viewer. <laughs> and as a viewer, I wish we could have gotten more time with them together for sure. Yeah. You know what we could have had? Kanan being a dad to Jason. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Wearing Jason in one of those carriers. Flying in a minivan. There's also that aspect that comes after in Hera's mourning process and mm. the Calicori and how she puts Kanan into the Calicori. Um, and also, obviously, getting the fact that they had to freaking break our hearts with them getting to see each other one last time after Kanan's line about we'll see each other again, I promise. Like, they just really like stabbing us in the heart. So... Any thoughts about Hera's, and then Hera has to come to terms with this and, like, continue her mission. So any thoughts about after Kanan's death? Oh, well, in World Between Worlds, when um, she's outside of the the Jedi Temple and she feels Kanan, I mean, just kill me now. (laughs) That's everything. Like, I completely feel that. I, I completely understand all of that. And I appreciate that. I don't know, mystical um, addition that they incorporated into their, the closure of their relationship and, and Kanan's relationship with everyone as well. They, they all kind of ha- got that closure too, obviously Ezra more so, but Hera getting that, I, uh, I love that. I mean, if I could give Dave Filoni a hug for that moment, I would, because that just was everything for me. Yeah. So, um, I, kind of about the closure process where she comes to closure where she said and Till gone isn't he to Ezra mm-hmm. like oh Jesus that was the big ouch for me like I actually have mixed feelings about her scene at the wall and the Calicori itself but that was where oh she's not over it isn't she like because especially in contrast to Luke Skywalker's line no one's ever gone and then she's out there with Ezra in this beautiful empty plane. She's saying, he's real gone, isn't he? And you remember what that episode was about. Ezra thinking he could pull Kanan out of time. And this was a big implication to me that Hera was hoping Kanan would come out of the temple too. Like, we all hope for that moment here he comes back. And mm-hmm. Yeah, that, no, was, that was torture. torture. That was torture. But you do also notice... And she's completely resigned to it. Like, it's set in a very beautiful scenery where everything feels empty and beautiful all at once. But there's also a visual reminder that, yeah, he is still there. 
she you knows that she is holding her shoulder, like, to the place where she imagined he touched her. Mm. And you notice it comes back in Sabine's painting, her mural for them, where Kanan is holding Hera's shoulder. Mm-hmm. I think it's really powerful when they gave her that moment just to grieve on her own with the Calicori and what yeah. he left behind. And that was that was her really her chance to mourn by herself because she knew like next you know you got to pick back up the war's still on she still has the rest of her family to take care of um, so there's her shouldering a hurt that's very deep and she won't get over it but it allows her to have that that one moment for herself. Well, and if you think about like everything that's happening in season four and everything that they had to wrap up, the fact that they took an entire episode and made it just about mm-hmm. mourning. Yes. I know, again, this is why Rebels is probably the most important piece of Star Wars for me yeah. is because of the personal connections. My grandma passed away a little bit after that, and I was really, really close with her. And knowing that Hera had this, the, took the time to mourn kind of gave me the permission to not be okay at times. Um, which was really powerful because the majority of Star Wars, there we don't see that. You know, Leia, her whole planet blows up and we don't get to see her deal with it. Um, I actually have The Force Awakens going on right now in the background and um, Han dying. We don't get to see any mourning for that. It's, it's just... Oh, it's in three it, seconds. It's three seconds yeah. in the morning. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's three seconds and it's for the, you know, it's Luke staring at his family just so you can kind of see his, his anger rise. It's never like, this is the process that you go through. Mm-hmm. And to see that with Hera was, for me personally the most important part of uh, the whole Kane and Hera relationship. Yep. I definitely agree with you. I had lost my mom at that point and my dad was very ill and in hospice when um, that episode came out. So for me, um, all of that relationship and in mourning and and in letting go and all of rebels, um, Mm -hmm. that theme is very strong for me in rebels and is something that really helped me in losing both my parents during actually the entire run of the series. That really helped me a lot. And, and seeing Hera go through that, um, was very, it, it it helped me. Mm -hmm. Definitely. I definitely agreed. Like, even in my own ways in my life, I I think the theme of generally of letting go that they show in mm-hmm. Rebels, it is very powerful and easy to see. And, and the fact that Hera is able to like go through that process in that episode and then in the later episodes still continue to help her family, it shows you that, yes, it's okay to like go through that process of loss and have that time, but then it's also okay to move on and reach towards your next goal while still remembering that person. And I think, yeah, it's just really powerful. I think Rebels, above anything else in Star Wars, is the most human, the most relatable. It actually delves into how people feel and how they react to, you know, each other and, and a war and everything else going on around them. Whereas, you know, like the, the main movies are focused on high adventure and hijinks but you really don't stop to see them as people and how they feel and how they react and how they how they feel about each other. But that's very central to Rebels. 
Yeah, I definitely, and also I'm just going to mention this now because it just, I'm thinking of it now and I'm probably going to forget it by the time I get around to an episode about this, but that's the thing I think I remember, I don't remember who I was talking to, probably the group chat, one of the group chats I'm in, but because Kaz just went through and resistance went through yes. the loss, I was talking with this group chat and I, we're all like, yeah, we hope in this upcoming season that we get to see Kaz uh, at least for a little bit of time, getting to have that grief. And because we got a little bit of it in the finale, but like Rebels was so good about taking the time to go through that process and acknowledge the loss. And so, yeah, I definitely hope that Resistance follows up with that too. I, I think I, I, I've spent a lot of time thinking about this because I write my summaries and I, I spend many days thinking about Resistance. Uh, I I think part of the reason that we didn't get a lot of emotion in, in this uh, first season is because they had to catch us up mm-hmm. to a lot of information. I mean, we had to go through a lot of information to get here. So I, I'm hoping that now the direction from here on out is going to be those emotional relationships and dealing with the aftermath of of all of that because mm-hmm. that that's a lot. I mean, Kaz lost his his parents, his world, all of his friends there. Um, you know, what what's the aftermath of that to him emotionally and to the other characters as well that, you know, their worlds are upside down. I hope we see, you know, a little bit more of that storyline. Actually, I hope I see a lot more of that storyline because <laughs> yeah. that's why I like Rebels so much because yeah. we deal with emotions in Rebels and I appreciate that. And and Hera, especially guiding all of those characters, uh, I think that's great. And I hope we see some of that in, in Resistance. Okay, so now I'm just going to ask before we move on. Before we move on to the final segment of the podcast, does anyone have any other thoughts on Hera, her relationships to any characters, any more connections to her, or just anything else about Hera in general you'd like to say before we move on? I think her rivalry with Thrawn is quite fascinating. (laughs) I kind of wish the series um, fleshed that out a bit more, because it seems like the rivalry was very much set out when they went face-to-face in her own family's house, and especially Mm -hmm. insignificant to Thrawn, being so coded as this imperializer who... uh, who takes these things, he takes these art, as Ezra points out, you take and do these things you never earned and never made. These things you never had this intimate connection to. Appropriation. Anyway. Anyway, so, and he pretends that these transactions, this death is transactional. Like, oh, thanks for, thanks for your hospitality. Thanks for giving me this calicoy hair. Basically, that's Ron's attitude, the whole thing. And this also brings up a thing in this scene in front of her family's painting in her family's house where he says, I studied war. You were born into it. And the way this scene is played out, too, the way he kind of treats Hera like this object of fascination, like, wow, you have something I'll never understand, something I want to understand, but you will always have that part of you. And I do think this kind of plays into the tragedy of Thrawn. He understands the intimacies that people have to their art and heritage and history. And he steals them for his own little museum, basically. And, yeah, so... And there's definitely Hera, who is also growing into a strategist role. But, of course, she has something that Thrawn does not. She has her family. She has an understanding of a culture she 
she owns, even if, yes, um, her culture does get stolen from her, that's why it was very important that the calico is stolen back and brought back and restored to her hands. But, yeah, so that parallel is fascinating. I think Kara's a, a role model. Um, I always felt like she's someone that I kind of look up to. She's calm and collected and determined. And those are things that emotional me <laughs> would like to achieve. <laughs> so I, I look up to her. I think she's she's a good role model for, for women. Um, I, I think that we should see more characters like her. And um, they're focused and determined and smart, and that's what gets them places. And I love that about her. And yes, may we see more of that in Star Wars content throughout. Let's let's hope we see some some more things of Tam and and um, other characters in Resistance. Yeah, I I'm with you there. Like just the the character and how she's developed and the different aspects of her that we get to see, not just in Rebels, but in the ancillary content that we get with her. She's clearly a character that a lot of people connect with, obviously, because we've got like five people doing a podcast here. <laughs> but also you have multiple people who are writing her and you have this, it, it's it's very seamless from John Jackson Miller's A New Dawn to what we see in Rebels to what we see in Alexander Freed's uh, Alphabet Squadron. Hera feels the same. And, and to do that, you you have to have something that connects with a majority of people. And I think Kara does that because she is that role model who falls down and sometimes she gets herself back up. Sometimes she has help to get herself back up. Um, and, and, you know, as we've mentioned multiple times, like that's real life. So, yeah, more Hera content, please. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. So for this next segment, what I do is I go through and I I put out a tweet this week and I asked other people what their thoughts on Hera were and if they had any connections to her and anything they wanted to share about Hera. So I'm going to go through and I'm going to read everyone's thing and after each thing, if you have anything you want to say or add or any reactions, feel free to just let them out and if not, I'll just keep going and keep reading them and we'll get through all those. Okay, the first one is from at Clone Wars Words. Hera is without a doubt one of the best Star Wars characters ever. If you want an example of the ultimate working mom, then look no further. Selfless, passionate, nurturing, encouraging, strict only when necessary, angry only when messed with, she's outright amazing. At Meg Meg Pen Pen said, Hera is the first Star Wars character that made me see my own strengths. Instead of just being a positive character that I strived to be like, she made me feel validated and seen. It's okay that I am stubborn and protective and too self-sacrificing sometimes, because she is. At Jag Eyes Jedi said, Hera is one of the most well-rounded female characters I've ever seen. She's smart, funny, tactical. She allows for her and her crew's emotions. She's patient. She's flawed and makes mistakes. She's a mom to both her found family and Jason, and still a freaking general. There really are very few moms in Star Wars. Hera is one of the best. She understands her found family's abilities, and she knows when to hold them back and when to let them go like a great mom. She lets them experience and learn from their missions while guiding them. Also, her relationship with Kanan is so healthy. Yeah, they disagree, 
but they never cut each other down. She will call him out for military protocol, but then she will listen to him, and vice versa. They have healthy listening arguments. Such a healthy relationship. I could write a freaking essay on why Hera is just the best. She's a great character, and I love her so much. In response to that, at Clone Wars Ward said, I agree with you 100% on everything you just said. She is truly special, definitely one of those one in a million. She and Kanan both, and she will always be among my top three all-time favorites alongside Ahsoka and Kanan. If anything happens to her, I'll be forever devastated. In response to that, at Jedi's Jedi said, There's a reason why Hera has been used repeatedly in other media from the comics to novels. She's heckin' amazing. Also in response, at um, Alderanian R said, Holy cow, Jedi's Jedi, you said it all. Hera is one of my favorite characters in all of Star Wars. She saw the good and potential in people. She believed in them, often before they could ever believe in themselves. Her belief and love allowed them to heal and discover their strength. In response to that, Jedi's Jedi said, Hera is just the best. I love her so much. At Jedi Meg, 16 said, It's Hera's space mom persona that's always resonated with me, even though until the finale, none of her kids on the ship were actually hers. She's protected them just as fiercely, but she also gave them room to mess up and learn. I have two young sons and, and would do anything for them. At Mayabel 110 said, My husband and I watched the four seasons of Rebels this year. Almost from the beginning, we started calling her a mom because she's such a mother to all the crew. That was before we saw the end, of course. I love Hera, and I love how she is simultaneously a strong leader and has these motherly feminine qualities. At Saji Baka said, Best space mom. I just want to say, Jason is in very good hands, and he's definitely not one of Luke's students because Hera is Hera's way smarter than to send her son off to boarding school. <laughs> at um, at JC, those are fighting words. Yep. <laughs> at JC Mc, McDonough twelve said, Hera is an A-wing pilot in the first to pilot the B-wing. My two favorite fighters. She's an ace. She's criminally underserved and needs more books about her. And I love her being the first female Twi'lek I ever came across that wasn't completely sexualized. Also, I love her in A New Dawn and demand books focusing on her. Best Rebels character. At Woman of the Will said, Where to begin? A leader, a mother, inspirational, yet still is not afraid to let her feelings show. She's a realistic female character and pairs well alongside the other female characters who are diverse and unique. She stands on her own, but isn't afraid to ask for help. And that is what everyone shared. <laughs> All true. Yes. Yes. Very true. Very, yes. very true. All right. So does anyone have any closing thoughts before I wrap it up? I have one. And it was I was asked on Twitter a couple weeks ago, but who watches Jason on the ghost when everybody's out? I think that's a mystery that... Chopper! Chopper! I worried it's Chopper! And AP5, maybe. Oh, poor kid. (laughs) (laughs) AP5 and Chopper are just going to be the parents. (laughs) Yeah, I think the matter of who's who's watching Jason while Hale is doing all her rebellion wars 
it seems like that's going to be a question that's going to be answered like years and years later. <laughs> like, yeah, like, it seems like yeah, they they're laying off any mention of Jason in subsequent material. Like, mm. like I it's confirmed that yeah, he. He didn't get name-dropped in Alphabet Squadron, though we know chronologically he existed then. And so, yeah, I think that's going to be, for now, the Widow for the Ages. <laughs> but, hey, at least we know by the time after Endor, he is spending time with his mom in the sky. Oh, I'd just like to say that Hera beat Vader. <laughs> True! It's, I mean, she did, yeah. so... Is she the best pilot in the galaxy? She beat Vader. I mean, that's just a fact. So, Hera's boss. Yes, she yeah, is. Yeah, she's boss. Hera is life. <laughs> anyway, so Hera is amazing. But anyway, whatever Hera may be, by the events of the sequel trilogy, by the events of Star Wars Resistance, I hope she has found her peace. I hope yes. she her. Her hope is ongoing, and I hope she is putting it around the galaxy. All right, I think that's it then. Thank you all so much for joining me for this episode. I really appreciate it, like I said, because recording alone is weird. Everyone, make sure you go follow each of these people on Twitter. Um, Follow all the stuff that they do, too, because they are all amazing, and they all also produce amazing content. As for me... I, my next episode will be the Ezra episode. I already have two guests, I believe, but I will still put out a tweet. And if you would like to join me for that, feel free to get in contact with me and let me know because I love tons of people coming on and talking about Mm -hmm. these characters. Probably some episodes coming up about resistance or other content in the future that is to be determined because still trying to work out everything out but yeah so thanks you so much for listening that's what i have planned in the future feel free to message any of these people on twitter get in contact with them if you'd like to like learn more about them but they're awesome and amazing and i'm so glad they joined me so thank you all so much for listening and that is it bye <laughs> bye. bye thank you Allie. Bye. thank you thanks Allie. Yeah, we'll be with you all yeah, yeah. Hey, first be with you